listen, uh, up until now, we haven't had any intro music. But I made a beat. I'm going to put it at the beginning of this. So, oh, so Lord. Cool. When it comes in. <laughs> yeah, once again, welcome, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Put it on record, episode three. Uh, if you enjoyed the first two episodes, make sure you like uh, and subs- uh, subscribe. Tell a friend. Leave a review. Give me five stars. Give us four stars. You, you, might, you might be a hater. Um <laughs> We have uh, it's me, DJ Byrne, we have Recio, and we have a very special guest for the first time, hopefully not for the last time, it's Don't Fret. What's up, Don't Fret? Hi, guys. Don't Fret Welcome. in the building. Thanks for having me. Um, so, you know, as I said in, in the intro of this podcast, is that it'll be a revolving door uh, when people have time to be on here. We'll make time for them. So, I'm sure you'll hear from these guys often, though, because we have a lot to say about DJing. So, we already did our intro. So, now it's time for you to do your intro. Um, <laughs> talk about how long you've been DJing and what got you into DJing. Um, okay, so I've been DJing since, what, October 2017. Uh, so, is that four years now? Um, what got me into DJing? I've always wanted to DJ. Uh when I was in high school, I used to get Vibe and The Source, those magazines, and I always used to go to the back and like write out a budget because they had the ads in the back of the magazine. So I used to go in there and be like, okay, I was working at Donato's at the time. I'm like, this is what I need to save to order this, 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 and this. Um, but then, you know, when you're in high school and you got your little, little job, you're trying to make sure your shoes right, your clothes right. Uh, so I never, I never really got around to it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was fresh off uh, a breakup, and I needed something to do with my idle time. And uh, Burn and I traveled to DC, I believe it was for yeah. Orange Soda in DC, and I we were discussing my desires on the way back. To Ohio just about it's something I always wanted to do which I'm sure is a conversation he has had all the time I know I have it frequently now oh I always wanted to DJ it's like yeah yeah, yeah I know you always wanted to DJ um but <laughs> I again I had the time and um he was like you know if you're willing to drive over here once or twice a week to get this work uh, I'll help you out I'll do it for you um and that really is like the origin of my <laughs> my uh, DJ career, if you will. All right, bet. I was talking to Crate uh, on Sunday, and he was telling me how it was a couple weeks for him started practicing to his first gig, but he was doing like three four hours a day. And I I don't think we talked about this. How long before when you started practicing to your first gig, and do you feel like you were prepared? How'd that first gig go? Tell us about it. When did we go to DC? Uh, May. So my first live gig was in October 2017. Um, I was really excited. It was a, a new challenge for me, a new mental challenge for me. Once I started practicing, I used to like get these random ideas. Like I had my controller set up. And um, that burn was loaning me at the time, by the way. I had that set up on my countertop in the kitchen. I would have like random ideas. Like I was late to work. Well, I was always late to work anyway, but I would be like getting ready for work and I would 
hear a mix in my head and I'm like, oh my God, I got to try that before I forget it. So now I'm 30 minutes late to work because I had to jump on my controller real quick, see how that worked out. Um, but yeah, Bern and I were practicing like twice a week and then he hit me up one day and was like, yeah, I need you to DJ live. And I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe you misunderstood. <laughs> like, you know, this is like a hobby. You're getting over like a heartbreak. You need something to do. I I have only been doing this for a couple months. Like, there's no way you want to put me in front of people. And he said, look, I have a platform. You're going to have to uh, beg and suck dick to get other people to put you on. Sorry if that was too vulgar. But you're, nice. you're going to have to do the most <laughs> For these other people to give you a look because A, you're a female and B, um, mm -hmm. nobody knows who you are as a DJ. So let me give this to you. This is my gift to you. 30 minutes for you to get the experience because the only way you're going to learn how to do this is cute in the kitchen on the counter for your little friends and your family when they come over and you want to do a little scratch here and there. But let me put you <laughs> in front of people so you can get those reps in. And I was terrified. I was really terrified. Terrified. And it's funny. Hindsight is hilarious because I opened the show that day. So, you know, there's only like four people there and two of them were the bartenders. Like, but I was scared. <laughs> and the other two was your friends. So. <laughs> yeah, like my sister. No, my friends really showed out. Like a lot of people that don't even go out showed up. My sister came in from out of town. Um, so it was for the people that supported me. They weren't there to hear if I was messing up or anything like that. They were there to just cheer me on. But I was scared as hell for just a little couple people that was in there. Yeah, that's my first live experience. What about you, Riccio? <laughs> how long did you practice for you stuff? Where you had your first gig? How was that first gig? That first gig was terrible. It was so terrible. So I think I got. I started borrowing your controller like March of 2020, but the first gig wasn't until July. It was the food truck festival and it was terrible because I also opened because why not less pressure. <laughs> um, but it was like in the middle of the day, it was super hot. We didn't have a tent yet. So we had set up, and I was there already for, like, however long beforehand, before I actually started. And then, like, I got through, like, I made the first transition and then, like, everything, like, stopped playing. And it was because, like, all the equipment got, like, dumb hot. So then we had to put up the tent and then start over and I had to act like I wasn't visibly shaking. And I also, like, actually shake when I'm nervous. And so... <laughs> Don't fret. Saw that. I was like, girl, I thought you had Parkinson's or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I was so nervous. And even then, like, because it was so early, like, it was just the people who were setting up. Like, it was all the vendors. I had some friends come out, too. So, like, they weren't going to judge. But it was still, like, there's people that can actually see me do this. And that is absolutely terrifying. Look how long, look how far you both of you have come. I'm so proud of you too. <laughs> well, Risa, um, may I ask a question? Yeah. Risa, what was it like leading up to, I, I'll share mine after you answer, but what was it like leading yeah. up to actually press and play? Like before I left the house, I was like pacing back and forth. Like I was trying to. Well, I ran through my set like so many times, like over and over and over and over and over. 
And I was like, okay, you can't mess this up. You can't mess this up. And of course, like I hadn't accounted for like equipment malfunction or like any natural elements or like anything like that. So I was like, I was ready. Like I was really just kind of like ready to go and just like do it and get it over with. But then when the equipment malfunction, I was like, oh shit, like I don't want to do this anymore. Like this is terrifying. (laughs) But I was already there. Like they already knew I was supposed to go. So I had to like do it even though my mindset was like oh this is about to be so terrible because like it's it's already gone bad yeah i had a pre-made set too um i actually i think i met up with burn the night before maybe two nights before just to get his his opinion on it um he loved not i don't know if he loved but he enjoyed my song selection he also helped me just like put different cues in place because i was so nervous he was like okay we're gonna have to like (laughs) we're gonna have to really help you out (laughs) so he helped me put like some cues in place to make sure i was mixing at the appropriate time um but yeah Mm -hmm. before i left the house like I thought I was going to on myself. Like, I was so... <laughs> that's why it's so funny to me in hindsight because I was so scared. Like, I'm like, I have to... I'm about to call him and tell him, like, there's no way I can do this. Like, I can't come. Like, China, go back home. Like, don't drive into Columbus. Like, all of that because I was so scared. And then once I completed my set, that was a high that I had never felt before. I was like, yeah. is this is what it's like to do cocaine? Like, I will do this all the time. Probably. It was like oh the best gosh. feeling that I have felt in a really long time, and I've just been doing it ever since. Yeah. And yeah, I, I feel like we've all been chasing that first high ever since. And you'll you'll have moments where you get it. Um, my first time, uh, I bought my turntables. Uh, I worked the summer of '07 at Meyer and at Victoria's Secret uh, Warehouse full time. So I worked eighty hours a week for three months. Bought my turntables. Bought Serato. Sat in my parents' basement and practiced from July until September 9th. There was this after-hour spot that opened up in Bowling Green called Plan B. Um, they had one night, and it has they had some DJ in there, but a uh, dude down the hall uh, that lived down the hall from me, shout out to my uh, man DJ Nomadic. Um, he's an alpha, and the alphas own that spot, and so he he plugged me in there. And my first gig, I don't know if I was nervous or not, but I definitely had a set list. And I had a set list of four to six hours of music, and I played it in order because I had practiced this all summer. So I knew what songs went together. And I don't know if I was nervous, um, but it was definitely like I, I have nobody there with me as far as backup. I, my roommates was there, but I had nobody like DJ-wise to lean on. Um, I had like a little Dell laptop. And at the time, like I didn't like the laptop, so I actually had a wired mouse, too, that I used right next to it because I didn't like the whole touchpad. Oh I had never used a laptop before I started DJing. Um, but I will wow. say the first gig really didn't like make me comfortable. It was not till they told us, uh, like they told me and my hype man, shout out to Quentin. <laughs> Good. He, he did, he did it for like two weeks and he stopped doing it. But he, it was like, oh man, you ain't got to worry about it. You got to jump on the mic, say whatever you want. We cool. And you with us. So you automatically cool. So you can say whatever the fuck you want. And I was like, all right, we'll see. So I got drunk and I started talking on the mic and I was just like, man, this shit easy. He put that battery so, in your back. Bro, dude, facts. Like, I'm on the mic like, uh, if you got clean panties, you want to make some motherfucking noise. And the girls are like, ah. I'm like, I can really say whatever. So yeah, so that was 2000. I'm sorry, that was 2007, uh, September 9th. And that's, you know, 14 years later, look where we are now. I do want to 
highlight the fact that both of y'all said or didn't say that I told y'all what to play. So anybody that thinks that I'm feeding y'all music, no. This is oh, all. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that was like a conspiracy theory. Yeah, people, I That's mean, crazy. Not, not just with me. I think people in general think that like um, newer DJs need help like that. And some maybe do, but not nobody I work with. So um, you guys uh, made your own sets. You ran it by me. Um, I don't think I told you to change anything. I was just like, I either liked it or I didn't. And I happened to enjoy it. Um, yeah, other than the equipment malfunction, I think uh, both of y'all did a great job. So now that we're here in 2020, what would you say some of your goals are as far as DJing is concerned for this year? And just what's the overall goal? Are we in 2020 or 2020? 2022. Like, we <laughs> I just got my booster shot in Woozy. I'm sorry. Uh, I got my flu shot today. That put me down. I was like, dang. Anyways. I'm not part of shot gang. Sorry. <laughs> um, one of my goals this year is to, and not because Burn be on our ass about it, but it is to put out more content because um, I have the ideas. I just also have an abusive relationship with the idea of perfection. And if it does not, when I record these, it's not so much the mixes as it is the videos of me doing it. And if, mm. if I can't get it right, baby, it's not going out. Like, that's just how I feel about it. Um, so that's that's a goal of mine. I don't know if I can do it as frequently as Burn does. I got a lot going on over here. But I definitely want to create more content. I also would like to venture out into, like, other spaces. Spaces where maybe we're not the familiar dj the the resident djs don't look like the three of us um because i feel like i have a lot to offer i don't just care to black people i mean you know i love black people but i want to i want to kind of get into different spaces and see how that affects uh the effects it has on the way that i dj the songs that i play um yeah to just challenge myself really because i have a crowd now that i kind of know what to play when I see certain people, certain vibes in a room, I know where to go. And I just want to challenge mm-hmm. myself a little bit and see if I can think outside the box and do something a little different. You trying to get in your condados bag? You know, I like tacos, girl. <laughs> 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 um, what you, um, very similar. I definitely share that same, like, it's almost like debilitating or like paralyzing when you like watch yourself back video wise. Like I'm cool with the mix. I can be cool with that because I've practiced that like a thousand times, but like getting comfortable on camera is so hard. So we talked about some more like short format stuff, like TikTok type videos. And maybe like that'll help me get comfortable because I'm not staring at myself for like 10 minutes. It's more like 10 seconds. So trying to do that and also just kind of like building my client base um I've been very appreciative to get referrals from you all and from people who have also just like been in the crowd but also kind of like expanding outside of that and going to people who know the name but maybe not have ever seen like a set from me but trust it based off of oh you know, yeah, I was at this party and resale was DJing and it was great and blah, 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 blah. And they, you know, they take that word for it instead of 
you know, I have so-and-so vouching for me. It's through more word of mouth. So building my client base like that. Word of mouth is, is great because usually it's a similar person, so you, so you have to you're usually playing similar music. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I would say my goals for 2022, which is the year. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm trying to DJ. Uh, I, I got a 10 city list outside of Columbus uh, in LA and Vegas at the top of the list, so we're trying mm-hmm. to get something off there. I'm also trying to put out a full production product uh, project because I just want to be as creative as possible. So I'm trying to make these beats and put something out just for y'all to listen to um, when you clean up the house or whatever you do. Um, and as far as DJing, um, I'm going to continue to be that nigga. And I say that just because I don't care what I look like on camera. And I don't know if it's a, a guy thing or not. It's just because I know what I'm doing is dope. So, like, if it sounds dope, I don't care what I look like. Uh, but that, well, I mean, I think be... part of it, part of it is also like the girls that go viral. I didn't want to say that, but are you know shaking their ass and their titties at the same time? All they do is press a button, and it's like, okay, cool, but Talk I'm not about to do that. So I would rather you know put the time and investment behind what the substance of the content is than to try to go viral and not really get the same respect because I mean, maybe they get bookings off of that. I don't know, but it's really just like a quick moment. It's like, you got to find that happy medium from being the cute girl that's just pressing a button and moving the crossfader. And then like really knowing what you're doing because I, I, with, like with that being said, like I know that I watch certain videos and I'm like, now she know or he or they, they know they probably, you know, they probably could have practiced this like five, six more times. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't want to be that because I know how I be laughing at people. So I don't want people laughing at me. So it's just like finding yeah. that balance where it doesn't have to be like perfect, but it's got to be on point because I don't want to have to fight nobody in the comments. <laughs> nah, I've uh... <laughs> I'm kind of sneak dissing online, but I'm going to get to y'all little niggas in a second because, I mean, the, 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 the people that's dissing me on my content, y'all not worth mentioning. But I see you. Ooh. I just want to let y'all know. Um, what's your overall goal with DJing? I haven't decided for myself, to be honest. I, I just enjoy the reaction. Like, when I get the real-time feedback from the crowd, like, that... That's just where I'm at. And that's probably me thinking like really small, not on a large scale, but like, I really just like playing for live crowds and seeing, seeing the reaction. I I mean, I would love to be on Insecure in the background, like acting like I'm playing, you know, on a TV show. That would be amazing. I'll put that on my vision board when I do that sometime this month, but I don't, I don't really know. I, I don't have an answer for that. That's hard because it's like, I don't want this to be because it's so enjoyable. I don't want this to be something I make like a full-time job and approach it like that because I do find release and joy in it. So I want to keep it that way. But at the same time, like you always want to grow and always want to get better. So I know like I've jokingly said like in our chat, like I want to, I want to be on tour with Beyonce. Like I want to take DJ Khaled's spot because 
who wouldn't want to do that? But it's also like, how do I also balance this with everything else that I'm passionate about and that I have going on in my life? So I don't know. I don't necessarily see myself, you know, being a full-time DJ, but, you know, maybe I'll be a billionaire and be like Paris Hilton and just go to clubs and... Child, if Rihanna called me, I'm out of here. Bye, Zion. Oh, too, bye, but... mom. <laughs> bye, John. Like, school, all of that. Peace. See y'all niggas later. Like, <laughs> I'm that's, out. That's my thing, too. I'm like, you know, I'm about to get married. I'm probably about to start having kids. But if, as long as I can leave a paid-for house behind, I feel like I can go travel. And she'd be like, oh, you cool. Just come back whenever you feel like it. I <laughs> uh, no. My goal is, um, like you said, uh, Playing music, if you get five people like to be like, oh, that's that 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 that's a rush. It's like drugs. So I want to mm-hmm. do that in front of ten thousand people, and I want to be, I want to be able to. I'm honest with myself. There's not too many things I'm good at, but the things I'm good at, I'm very good at, and I want to make money off of that uh, without mm-hmm. compromising the creativity. So that's why a lot nice. of the stuff that I do, this podcast. Like, everything I do, I try to do it on my own so can't nobody dictate how, how it's being done or how it's coming out or the creative part about it. And hopefully somebody will see that and be like, here, here's a check. Keep doing more of that. And then um, hopefully uh, I won't get sentimental. But my goal is to advance y'all further than I can go because when I was starting, I didn't have nobody to give me any tips, and I had to beg for these gigs. So not that y'all don't appreciate, uh, uh, you know, the opportunities, these opportunities are like something that I didn't have, and so hopefully you guys maximize it and then uh, right. you know, use that as a stepping stone to go go even further. Because I'm sure people would rather see y'all than me, get y'all a little bit cuter. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, I'd be happy with one of y'all taking off and being a celebrity DJ because then I feel like I, my life has been fulfilled as far as my DJ gifts. So. Aww. That was so sweet. Let's take, a, <laughs> let's take a sharp turn into whoever wants to go first. What was your worst gig so far? I'll go first. No problem. So while y'all think about it, um, I got booked early in my career. I think I said this already on this podcast. I don't care. Uh, early in my career, I got booked for like a corporate party. And uh, this is well before uh, streaming services. This is after Serato, obviously. Um, but I was just very stuck in my ways as far as the music I played, playing for college crowds, playing just Gucci Man and, you know, mixtape stuff and whatever. And so they wanted, like, you know, more more corporate-type music that you would play, like line dances and et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't have none of that. So I struggled the whole night. Mind you, the only person I knew at the event was the person that booked me, which, as we know, is even worse. If you don't know nobody there, it's even worse. And every other song, they just asked me for a different song, and I didn't have it. And so it was the longest three hours of my life. And I was, I'm pretty sure I was renting the speakers, too, and they didn't really work. So it took a while It took a while for me to set those up. But ever since then, I've always tried to be a little bit more prepared going into a gig because I wasn't prepared for that at all. And I know the people there was probably like, never book him again. And that was the worst part about it is that, like, I know I'm a better DJ than that. I just wasn't prepared mm-hmm. song-wise. I wasn't prepared for the crowd. Um, so, yeah, that was the worst gig. For me, so are we basing this off of, like, feedback or personal, like... How have you, how have you personally felt? I, I guess, personally, for me, I can think of... Ugh, I don't even want to talk about it. 
I don't want this on. If the it's the one I'm thinking I don't about, put this I'm gonna be like, record. it wasn't even. Um, so there's two. The first one I'm gonna speak on is like more recent, which was Orange Soda at the Forum. Um, I was not familiar with the DJ equipment, and it really threw me off my game. Like I couldn't even. So I don't have pre-made sets anymore. Um, I go in and I read the room. That's my gift as a DJ. I think I'm very good at seeing a vibe, catching a groove, and then taking off. But I was fucked up, y'all. Like, we, we were using CDJs. Um, I had a speaker in my ear. I couldn't even really hear because it was so loud and, like, um, what's the word, Burn? You were back there. Distorted? Distorted, yeah, I'm sorry. It, it was just awful, um, and it threw me, it really threw me off my game. Um, so that was bad for me. Now, people in the crowd said they loved it. My, my transitions were, were horrible. Um, I let songs play a little longer than I should have, again, because I was just so out of it. I was like, I don't even know what I want to play next. I don't even know. But I finally caught a groove, and I, a lot of people loved it. I don't know. And then um, the one that's really like bad for me that I don't ever wish to discuss was um, J5. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what year. What was it? 2019? 18? Yeah. 19? 18? 19? I don't know. I try to put it in <laughs> the back of my mind. Um, so my college um, experience has been gravely delayed i didn't i wasn't there i didn't go my the school that i did go to was predominantly white um the black greeks were not that active on campus um so i really didn't know what songs to play um for the kappas i had like a couple um what i was doing was where I was at fault was, is I wasn't catering to them specifically. I would see a crowd over here vibing to what I was playing. And so I'm playing for them. I call them the cousins. The one that's rocking out, that's jamming, that's grouping with you. I was playing for the cousins. I couldn't really catch a vibe with the noobs. So I was just like, it was a horrible experience. The DJ that was on after me is a part of that organization, but his equipment wasn't working. I had to leave. I didn't want to stay if I could because I was just so like mad and upset with myself about how that set went. I mean, overall, like if I was just at the club, it would have been a good set, but I wasn't catering to them specifically. I didn't do, I guess, my, the homework or the research like I should have to make sure that I had taken care of them. Um, and so I was really upset with myself about that, about that, um experience and they haven't hit me back so they might have been <laughs> wasn't um chuck wasn't there chuck came towards the end of my set okay so i uh, said he's booked you since so that's because he, he always shows love but um he actually didn't give me any negative feedback about that I, I i didn't get any negative feedback from anyone else it was just me Mm -hmm. I couldn't get the whole room to shake. So I focused on the people that were shaking instead of trying to make the people that were supposed to be there shaking and weren't shaking shake, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I guess I have a similar type of gig. I got booked by a venue owner 
for a surprise birthday party. And that was fine, but there was no sort of like communication between me and the people who were actually paying me about what songs they wanted because they had some very specific songs. They had like some Slim Thug song I had never heard of. And apparently it's like brand new. And I was like, I didn't even know he still made music. So, (laughs) so sorry. But it was like a constant like, oh, do you have this song? And, you know, had my title been working, which we'll probably talk about later, like that wouldn't have been an issue. But I also try to kind of like have everything that I will probably need for a set on my SSD anyways, because I don't want to rely on the internet. So title wasn't working. They were like dying on these hills of songs that I've never heard of. And I was like, this is terrible because it was just me. I was booked for the whole gig. Um, And I felt bad because I'm like, well, this is also somebody's birthday party. Like I want them to feel special. Like I want them to feel like this party was actually catered to them and everything went right. So I felt really bad about that, even though I know like overall, like it wasn't bad at all, but just having hindsight and being like, dang, you know, maybe I should have more conversations up front or, you know, maybe I need to invest in a more reliable hotspot because my phone wasn't working. So stuff like that. Um, I will say that, yeah, it's very important to be prepared. You know, I think that's a lesson from, from all of this is to be prepared and know the crowd and know what you're walking into and have a backup of your backup. And mm-hmm. also, what's very important, um, I used to drag uh, my ex-girlfriend, who was my girlfriend at the time, to my gigs all the time. Because I was like, I need somebody here to, to give me some kind of, like, positive reinforcement if I'm fucking <laughs> up. And so, um, I mean, now now I'm cool. But, like, you know, ha- having, like, a little homie there to be like, oh, you doing all right? You cool? Like, you just, you know, just, just keep going. Like, that, that, that always helps, too, in those moments where you don't know nobody or you know them, but they're not fucking with you. Like, your friend is right. always going to gas you up, and so that's going to, like, calm you down a little bit, or at least it did for me. So, with that being said, and with that being prepared, uh, for the first time, all three of us are working on Orange Soda. Ooh. Uh, on, uh, January 14th, we'll be at Scully's with uh, DJ Leak, so I'm very excited about that. Um, yes. How do you guys prepare for something like this, uh, a party like this, where there's a, a specific theme? And you're in a specific slot as far as DJing. Okay, so I do this thing where I go, you know, I'm going to get in my, I don't know, Missy Elliott bag. So then I start listening to Missy Elliott songs and practicing and stuff. Um, I... When there's a theme, like I try to do my homework in that way where I'll go to the, you know, specific genre or the specific um, time frame or year. But it almost always changes when I'm live because Mm -hmm. and and that's contingent upon the slot. I probably could get away with stuff more if I was still opening. Um, I don't usually open anymore. So... I kind of just have to see where the crowd is and then all the, the everything that I was practicing for a week and a half I got to do that at some birthday party because don't nobody want to hear that shit that I'm playing live like they're in a different zone they want to be <laughs> you want to be trapped out or the girls want to hear Beyonce you know stuff like that so 
really I just try to go back to with orange soda I'll hit a playlist and be like oh yeah I haven't thought of this song you know I haven't played this haven't heard this in a while and kind of see where I can work that in for a like surprise factor because chances are if I haven't heard it in a while then there's gonna be a lot of people in the crowd that haven't heard it in a while either and I think the the stakes or maybe the expectation is kind of high with orange soda like you can't just go in and you know think you're gonna get away with just playing Pharrell and Nelly and the crowd's gonna move in that same way like you have to come with some sort of it factor so in that regards definitely have to do your homework and I've been doing like approaching it the same way as far as like dang I heard this song in a while let me like add this to like my little secret stash and you know hope for the best (laughs) I am as the closer I try to prepare like the only thing I prepare is the first like two or three songs I want to make a bang I want to make an impact so I try to prepare I was just talking to Satelli about this I try to prepare like 10 different songs in my head and as every DJ goes in front of me I mark off the list like can't play that can't play that can't play that for this one, I'll, I'll tell you guys, I'm not recording. I have something that I know nobody else is going to play, and that's going to go crazy. Um, and I can't wait to play it. Um, but I also, because I did the first like five or six orange solos by myself, um, the order in which I played songs started to get repetitive. I also try to incorporate a lot of songs that I, don't, I normally don't play into my set. Like, um, what was the latest song? Oh, uh, what do you like? By um, the brat, like mm-hmm. I've never played that, and and, I, I, and so trying to slide <laughs> that in, and you know, just there's so much music from the 2000s. Right now, we in 2022, so we're going from like 298 to like 99 to like 2012. So there's so much, so, so many songs, and there's so many genres, so many different eras. Uh, so much you can pull from, um, and usually the headliner goes right before me. So I'm trying to get, like like I want them to push me and make me you know get into a different bag. Uh, some DJs have done that, some haven't, but um, I just try to you know <laughs> do the best I can uh, with what I got. Nah, nah. Anyway. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Last orange soda. I was supposed to open. I was yeah. opening. Oh yeah, I was opening. So I I didn't really feel any pressure one okay so i didn't know about the equipment until like a couple hours before the gig so i wasn't even worried about that at first but i didn't really feel like any pressure because i was opening and i'm like oh i can get like some bobby v off don't nobody want to hear at midnight you know just stuff like that that's nostalgic but not prime time Mm -hmm. because ain't nobody gonna be there the problem is Everybody was there. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I planned on playing these songs. So, I mean, it, it was easy. Like, I knew what crate to get in to make sure everything was cool. But it's you really just never, you can't be, like, prepared enough. Like, you never know what's going to happen until you get there and you press play. That's why it's good to be able to pivot. So, um, just remember that, Ratio. This is your first orange soda. So. And also, it's very important for you and anybody else out there listening that's an opening DJ. Um, when you DJ in, you never know who's in there listening. Like, somebody can walk in. Um, shout out to B-Dot. B-Dot was in our bar one time, and I didn't even know. And um, cause I, Yeah. So, I'm like, you never know. Um, the creator of Black Car Revoke was in Icon one time when I was DJing. 
for, and I want to tell you there was nobody in there but that person. And they came up to me and said, hey, my name is so-and-so. Nice to meet you. You do your thing. I'm like, I appreciate it. Ain't going nowhere. But you never know right. who's listening. Especially yeah. the, uh, the venue owners listening or the, or like the bartenders. Whatever. If they bobbing their head, then the next time they need a DJ, they're going to be like, oh, so-and-so was there killing it when nobody was there. We should probably put them on to something else. So That's, that's one of my tip. favorite compliments is when I would get um, – compliments from the bartenders at our bar they'd be like i loved your son and i'd be like oh thanks girl yeah see because yeah, and, and you know they they hear all kind of djs right all, right all of them ain't good so and <laughs> those bartenders specifically ain't in the business of giving out compliments so just know that <laughs> the compliments is genuine as far as i know um last thing before we take a little quick break um Themed party versus open format. Which one's easier, harder? Which one's your favorite theme? Uh, whether it's like a... Well, I know what mine is, but I'll, I'll let you guys go first. I like open format. I prefer open format. Um, the pressure is about the same because with open format, at least, at least with a theme, you have an idea. Like, people know what they're coming to. So even if you're not playing a song they want to hear, they know at some point within this lane, you're going to hear something you want to hear. Um, but I just feel like with open format, you can get a little more creative. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, and I, I would like to do more open format this year as my goal to get into these different spaces, not because I want to play like Britney Spears all night, but I just want to be able, if I want to go from Britney to Jeezy and then, you know, the young gunner, the, I don't know. Uh, do I'm definitely coming, Brittany, for orange soda. So <laughs> and you should, as you should. <laughs> so, yeah, I like open format. I just feel like um, you can be more creative with open format. Shout out to our bar, too, because uh, the first hour or so when I used to be in there, I used to play whatever. And it's the only place you can really get off and sync Nelly girlfriend uh, without any hiccups. So, uh, <laughs> you, Riccio, what do you think? Um, I like open format because like what don't fret was saying you can get creative you can take you know like little mini journeys the only thing i don't like about open format is like you will play a song that somebody likes and they come up for some reason with their own connection to another song that absolutely does not go with anything that you would ever play ever and so then it's like okay let me pull it back a little bit because y'all wilding and this is not how this is about to happen tonight Everybody want to be a fucking but. DJ, yo. Everybody. You get in there, you playing stuff, and now all of a sudden everybody's a DJ. Everybody in the room is a DJ. And the No Request episode is going to be three hours long. We don't have to take breaks, and we don't have all kind of guests, but I can't wait to get to that. I do want to say, uh, while, while me and you were driving back from D.C., there was plenty of songs you was naming, like, that's the same BPM, right? And I was like, absolutely not <laughs> and, oh yeah he um, asked me you he was like what songs would you put together so i'm i'm naming songs and he's knowing i'm i don't even know why like what my connection was for the two songs but i would put two songs together mm -hmm. some of them he would go yay some of them he's like yeah you can't mix that and i didn't understand the whole bpm part of it mm -hmm. until i start and even to this day i'll hear a song i'm like oh my god these will go great together and then one's 100 and like yep. 178 and i'm like wow Right. Why? Now I have to get creative <laughs> on this transition. I don't want to. <laughs> and this is what you can't see when you're at the bar ordering a drink and you think you can do our job. But um, theme gig versus open format. 
Um, I like theme parties as long as they stick to the theme. Like if it's going to be R and B, let's go real R and B, or if it's going to be you know whatever the theme is. I do think some DJs rely on themes too much. Um, Cause like it's easy to do a Drake party or a Beyonce party. Um, I feel like because th- those people that have so many hits. But um, I like both, e- even with open format. Like I, I like either one of these. I like playing the songs that you don't expect to hear. Um, like uh, the Snow Allegra intro on uh, these fields, because mm-hmm. something like that, like like you wouldn't don't think you would hear in a function, but people will connect to it. So yeah, um, let's move on to our reincurring segment. Put us on, where we uh, discuss a song of the moment that we should put you on to. Uh, whoever wants to go first, let's let our guests go first. Uh, my song of the moment is from. Roddy Rich's new album, Live Life Fast, and it is called, I don't want to say it wrong, Don't I featuring Gunna by Roddy Rich. A lot of people, when it first came out, I think I was still, it might have been finals week or something, so I didn't listen to it real time, but it wasn't getting like a lot of positive feedback on the Twitter um, but since <laughs> my semester concluded, I've had free time to listen to it. I like that. I mean, it's a couple songs I could do without, but I actually really like the album. Yeah. The problem was his first song was, uh, his first album was full of hits. Like every song was a hit. And yeah. there was no way he was going to be able to duplicate that. And and the sound's really different. It's not real like mustard, West Coast heavy. But it's still a good album. So, Reese here. Um, For me... I'm going to, this is for the uh, TikTok girls. Um, This is for, this is going to go to Mooney Long, Hours and Hours. You know, a lot of TikTok songs slash sounds, like once you play the actual song, like it's really not that good, but this song is great. And I think a lot of songwriters are having a moment right now in regards to like, they're starting like their own solo careers and like aren't letting up. In regards to like quality, so like she's a songwriter. Victoria Monet is having a breakout moment. She needs more respect. Um, but yeah, hours and hours, many long. I just got hit that song uh, like a couple days ago. So definitely like that song. I have two songs. I didn't have two songs until right before we started. I was playing Catronada uh, EP, and you know, title after the last song, it goes to playlist. The first mm-hmm. song was Smino, I Deserve, and that shit's hard. I, I don't know, like, I don't know how I missed that song, but Smino, I Deserve is fire. Um, the song I was going to say, though, um, is an older song, and I never thought I would like a song with Sofago and HVN, but it's a Don Tolliver Smoke. Um, I was listening to it this morning at the gym, and I was going crazy. You would think... <laughs> You would think I sniffed something because I was going so hard on the elliptical. And I was like, I should probably calm down. <laughs> but yeah, Don Tolliver, uh, Smoke, If you, he performed that in Vegas when I went. If you go on YouTube, you can see him perform it. And I guess I really didn't pay attention to his album until I saw him perform a lot of the songs live. And it made the songs that much better, mm-hmm. which is just uh, indicative of a, good, of a good performer. So that was Put You On. Hopefully some new music you never heard before. You guys go out there, stream it, download it. And enjoy it. So, um, I want to talk about 
something, a topic that me and Don Fred is very familiar with because uh, of two or three gigs that we've done. One was a white party this uh, summer, and the other one, well, shit, it's three parties. It was New Year's Eve, and it was the gala. And, you know, like, we're tenured DJs. We know what we're doing. We're good at what we do. And you look up, and you ask yourself, like, damn, why the fuck is nobody dancing? And I really think um, this is my opinion on these individual events is that people don't like to dance when they get dressed up for some reason, in Columbus specifically, uh, whether it's all white or whether it's formal attire. And also, like, unless it's a day party, like, if it's well lit, I, I feel like people don't like to get loose either and have fun and dance. I think some people are just too cool, and we're kind of spoiled by orange soda because people come to orange soda to dance. But other other thing is people just come and look at each other and be on their phone. So uh, my question to you guys is, what do you do when you when you when you feel like you're in your bag and you look up and nobody's dancing? <sighs> Roll my eyes is what I do. <laughs> Um, you know, one thing I noticed that you do that I don't do, I guess I can answer what I don't do more easily than what I do is that you start talking shit on the mic, Burn. 1000%. Yeah, you be like, y'all can't, y'all pay $30 to get in here to stand around, like get y'all's ass to the dance floor. Um, but what do I do? I just keep playing the hits. And uh, the people that are there to boogie, they boogie. Um, on New Year's Eve, I noticed that um, until they dimmed the lights, most people, because I had a fire set. I did an hour and it was fire. Um, and people weren't dancing, but they were singing along and they were, you know, doing a little whatever. Yeah, doing all of that. I don't know. I think maybe we're just getting a little older and people don't want to boogie like they used to. I'm not sure. Like you said, we're definitely spoiled with orange soda because it's on the flyer. This is a dance party. If you're going to stand, please stay home. Um, right. Now people are just a little bit older. They got they, You got to wait for them to get drunk. So if they the party starts at 9, people don't get there to, till 10. They not lit till like 11. Ain't nobody doing shit till 11.15. Oh, I was like, what is that? Um, so, yeah, I just keep playing the hits. And Burn, you're usually to my left or my right. And you kind of tell people, like, hey, she's playing the hits. What's up? And people right. follow <laughs> with the instruction. That's a, you know what? That's a goal that I forgot to state. Is I definitely want to talk on the mic more this year than just saying, hey, if you drove this red Chevy <laughs> with license plates 4OG126, you you blocking the entrance, you about to get told. I want to do more than that. Um, if I'm inebriated, I do speak a little more on the mic, but I don't want to have to rely on alcohol to be an MC. So, yeah, that's something that I'm working on when I practice. Yeah. Because I don't talk on the mic, I approach it a lot like don't fret. I just, like, put pressure in regards to, like, the songs that I'm playing because that's all... I guess I'm comfortable with at the moment. Um, I too only get on the mic to tell somebody to move their car, um, say a little happy birthday, you know, something like that. But yeah, I mean, I also try not to take it too personally because we, we kind of see this all the time on social media too. Like 
you'll see people, you know, they go flick it up, but ain't nobody really dancing in the videos. Like, it's a real cute, like, and that's it. So, yeah, a nice little boomerang. So, um, and I think we all kind of approach it. Like, you try to find, like, one person and you just play to that person because, you know, they might be the life of the party and they can actually get the party started in that regard. You know, you just got to give them the soundtrack. Facts. Um, without me telling you the crowd or anything, if, if you had to play one song to get people dancing, what would it be? To get people dancing? I don't know. I I play for the girlies, so it's usually a Beyonce song. Like, <laughs> I play Get Me Bodied and it goes up every time or Upgrade You and it mm-hmm. goes up every time. So... I was definitely about to say, get me body. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, is like what I've noticed is if you can get the girls to the floor, that's when the party starts to go up. Because you know that the niggas going to follow, right? Mm-hmm. The bitches on the floor. We're going to go to them. So, yeah, you just start. I, I play for the girlies. But on New Year's Eve, there was one particular guy. I was kind of trapped out with the music. He was suited up real nice. You probably wouldn't even know just looking at him that that was like what he was into. But Mm -hmm. everything I was playing was his jam. And when people saw him getting hyped to every Mingos and 2 Chain song that I was playing, then they kind of like hovered around him and everybody was on. Nobody was really dancing, but everybody was doing the point and the trigger finger and the yeah, all of that. And Rich Mm -hmm. Homie Kwan. Shout out to Rich Homie Kwan. He had a run. He did. Um, and Snooty I would say I would say like you said I normally just talk to them like I'm like I'll cut the music all completely off and be like I know y'all ain't come here to just stand around if you shy go home and then just try to play a banger <laughs> that was a dog um, <laughs> but yeah uh, before I let go always works in, in every crowd every mm-hmm. demographic white black whatever which version? Uh, the regular version works. You're not lying, um, but Beyonce got a version too. <laughs> I feel like the the beginning of Beyonce's version don't hit like the original one does. It doesn't. You'll get everybody with the intro of the original, and then you go to Beyonce. I like take key fuck these niggas up, but that's just me. <laughs> I do too, but you know, the elders don't appreciate it. Can't be worried about it. <laughs> Speaking of uh, before I let go, uh, before I let go, never too much, outstanding. All of these also work at corporate gigs because corporate gigs are usually um, all demographics. But if it's older white people, they mess with the disco era, funk and soul too. Um, it's clean, it's family friendly. Um, but there's a lot of stuff people don't know about corporate gigs um, that can be a headache. I was just talking to uh, Craig, like I said. He was talking about net 30, which for some of y'all don't know, that means you don't get your money till 30 days later. Um, <laughs> or they'll ask you for, you have DJ insurance. Can you send an invoice? Do, uh, what do you do with a purchase order? Do you have a tax ID? So, uh, don't forget, you've done some corporate gigs. Um, how do you feel about corporate gigs? They're stuffy. Um, you know me, Burn. I hate playing clean music. That's not my jam. Um, I'm with the shits. Um, <laughs> what I will say about corporate events is they do pay good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it may be delayed a little, but it's coming and it's usually a good check. Uh, 
But I get a lot of referrals off of corporate gigs too. So I always make sure like I have my business cards on me. Um, because if you in there, <laughs> right, you never <laughs> had yours. If you in there killing it, like you said, playing all the oldies but goodies, everybody wants a business card and everybody wants you to, after that, it's like graduation, birthday party, baby shower. And usually those, because they're not in a corporate setting, you can be a little more flexible with the songs that you're playing. Because mm-hmm. they're not there to actually dance unless they want to do a line dance, which is cool. But you know what I enjoy about corporate gigs? I'm sorry. One point I'd like to make is they will usually help you bring your equipment in, and no one's helping you bring in your equipment at a birthday party for one of your homeboys, okay? Let's corporate, talk about it. Corporate gigs will bring out the big golly. I'm talking about the flatbed joint that Crate has. I don't even know where he found one, but. <laughs> and they have people to come help you bring everything and get everything set up. You're not getting that at, at your aunties. It's not happening. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the benefit of doing college gigs. Because if it's for a fraternity and they got some people pledging, they're not gonna be out there. <laughs> <laughs> they be out there marching and stuff. And I'm like, man, just grab everything. Can you give, give me something to drink too, please? I need a give me go to Wendy's. Give me a large fry. <laughs> nah, but um, yeah, corporate gigs. Uh, I would have to say I agree. I got my first $1,000 check off a corporate gig. Um, and you can really play whatever you want as long as it's clean. Um, and people usually, you don't have to do too much too much trickery. Like, there's not so much pressure. But I also don't like the fact that it's like you're a utility, more of a utility than the creative. You're just there to play mm-hmm. music specifically for the event and not to necessarily – go any further with it so it's i mean you can yeah. be creative but nobody gonna give you no credit for that um but referrals very important um so it's very important to always have a business card something i'm trying to learn to this day because i'm always running out <laughs> to this day uh Risha, do you have business cards i do okay. and i keep them in my backpack have you done corporate games yet no not yet, not yet. Come soon come home. It's weird to me because, like, with a corporate gig, I could play a whole six-minute song, like, till the end, and no one knows or says anything. And it's always, I'm always standing there like, you guys literally could have just hooked the phone up to a speaker and did, like, you're paying me a lot of money to do something that you could have just did on your phone. And I'm going to take it. But, like, (laughs) you could have saved, like, $1,200. Like, you didn't have to hit me up for this. They're really uh, paying for you you to bring your speaker. Well, I can't even say that because some corporate gigs... They got the crazy sound system. I'm like, I ain't got to bring my speakers. But that's also what oh, these corporate gigs I've learned that, like, they'll have you inside of the building and where you park at and where you sit up at. It's two different things. And so definitely have a dolly because you'll be walking two miles. Um, but, yeah, when, when I did the Pelotonia um, this year, was this year? I, I played the, yeah, last year, I played the whole song. And I played some of them uh, over and over again, too. And it was like, you know, it's gaps of people on bikes. So in between the time, I just turned it down. And when somebody come, I turn it up, hit the cowbell, jump on the mic, <laughs> say something encouraging. Uh, on the cowbell going crazy. <laughs> and some gigs, that was a paid gig. Some corporate gigs are volunteer gigs only because it's for a good cause. And I know it's going to mm-hmm. lead to other things referral-wise. Um, so, yeah, uh, any DJs out there, if you don't have DJ insurance, never wrote an invoice if you don't have a tax id you should get all that together because you're gonna miss out on some real money 
um, doing a corporate gig. Corporate gigs is like they're inflated more than weddings are to where you would normally charge X amount of dollars for something. A wedding, you probably charge five that five times that. Corporate gigs, you can charge eight to ten times that just because they got the budget and they already they already allotted a couple thousand dollars for entertainment anyway. So right. if you tell them 500, they'll get you stupid like, I've had somebody be like, I told them my number. They was like, no, 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 no. Just tell me you want a thousand. I was like, all right, I want a thousand. <laughs> and, then, and then they came through. So that's the next level. And uh, another thing about corporate gigs is it's really about presentation. Like, you can go in the club and be dressed like whatever because you attracting club goers. Club goers. Um, these corporate gigs. I did one at OSU, and Jane Grody, the uh, president of Donatos, was in there shooting basketball terribly. But you know you can't just be looking like whatever in front of people like that because right. these these million and billionaires, and you want to make sure that your presentation is together, um, and you have business cards because then that's how you get booked for other things. So that's corporate gigs. I did want to tell y'all before we started recording that um, these topics, even though I put them together, we can talk about whatever y'all want. I don't know if y'all wanted to add anything before we got done. Well, I was just kind of assuming this is like part one of many. Don't say. Oh, for sure. Mondays and Tuesdays. We're recording on a Monday or Tuesday usually. And so as long as the both of you are available on a Monday or Tuesday, you're always going to be on here if I have anything to do with it. Um, even when we have guests, uh, Craig's probably going to be uh, first, and then DJ Ola, and then some other very special guests. So I'm glad you're going to have other women on because we deserve Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I'm all about, like you said, people look at uh, women DJs as just something to look at, and mm-hmm. some of them are actually good DJs. Some of them are just something to look at, but um, some of them are actually very good DJs, and they deserve to be spotlighted and booked and paid appropriately. Well, baby, I'm the whole package, okay? Because I too am I know, something that's right. to look at, okay? <laughs> I don't expect anything less. You uh, cut from this cloth, you got to be a certain level of DJ, and everybody can't say that. So, um, to end out, we're going to end with our reoccurring segment, hashtag free game. This is me telling you guys something that you may or may not know. If you're a DJ, it's probably something that's going to help you in the future. Uh, if you're not a DJ, it's just something interesting that, you know, you want to know about DJing. And that's people always ask me, well, they used to ask me all the time, like, where do you get your music from? And before my answer was, oh, I'll just go on YouTube and just rip it off of YouTube. Or I just know how to use like message boards and just search like download file. You know, I, I would just find the music illegally, allegedly. But now um, <laughs> there are DJ pools. A DJ pool, if you're not familiar, back in the day, a DJ pool used to be um, record labels used to make white label vinyl with the single of whoever, whatever artist on it, and then the B-side on it, and then you would go to a meet-up spot, all the DJs would meet up, um, and then get these records, and then go to the radio station, whatever, and play them, and you pay a membership for that. Uh, but now, since we don't use records anymore, DJ pools are just websites you can go to, you pay 20 or 30 bucks a month, and you have unlimited downloads of whatever songs that are there. It's usually singles from uh, bigger artists. Sometimes you can find like remixes or instrumentals. Um, that's very helpful. Not no Beyonce. Beyonce, no Chloe Halley, none of the girls under, uh, what's her, Parkwood. None of those girls are on there. None of Not them. Not Jay-Z. I mean, there's some artists that don't need promotion, but surprisingly, like, Kanye will have stuff on there. 
So I don't know. Um, but it makes sense because you got to have Drake records for the party. So, yeah, right. so DJ pools are He's very Mr. important. Billboard. And Tidal. So Tidal is a great service. Did you, did you guys know that Tidal just put out a free version? Yes, uh, but I didn't research it because Malcolm tweets Tidal all day. He put something on Twitter. Yeah, so now they got the free version like Spotify. They got commercials. I don't think that works for us as DJs, but I'm so I'm gonna, keep, I'm gonna keep paying for title. But I pay for title and Apple Music because uh, with Serato, you can uh, have your title subscription inside of Serato. As long as you have an internet connection, whatever's on title, you can stream it right to your computer. Now, obviously, this requires Wi-Fi or a hotspot. So if you're like me, you got a second phone, you carry that around all the time. So you can use the hotspot, or you use the hotspot on your phone, your primary phone, or you just hope the venue has Wi-Fi. But that's what we were saying earlier. You definitely want to research that because um, outside of the music that's actually stored in your computer, if somebody asks you for a request, you can definitely pull it up as long as you have an internet connection. So there you have it. If you don't have music, join a DJ pool or get titled. They also do SoundCloud and um, what's the other one called? Beatport. But Beatport is more of like house and techno and stuff, so. Not really hip hop, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is uh, episode three of uh, Put It on Record. Um, make sure you follow all of us on Instagram and Twitter. Once again, I'm DJBERN underscore, and your guys' Twitter and Instagram is I am DNTFRT on all social media. Um, I am Lex Choir L E X Q U I R E. On all the things. All the things, yeah. baby. Make sure you come see us January 14th at Scully's uh, Orange Soda. Uh, make sure you get tickets to theorangesoda.com. Also, we got another something that's going to be announced soon. I, I forgot to hit that lady up, but I will. Um, <laughs> just more opportunity to hear some good DJ, not that bullshit. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, once again, like us, uh, subscribe to it. Uh, leave a review is very important and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace out.